Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you feel like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Love at First Sight still exists. It's available at your local shelter. This June 7th to 9th, join the Pedigree Adoption Drive and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Pedigree knows that bringing a dog into your home not only opens their heart, it can open yours too. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more and see full terms and conditions. Please stop. Okay, let's start the podcast. Here we go. Well, <laughs> I suck at dating with Dean, Vanessa, and Jared. An iHeartRadio podcast. Vanessa, lead us hey in. Hey, guys. Oh, I was just about to. Welcome to another episode of Help uh, Dean Sucks at Dating. Uh, I am still in Montreal, and apparently Damn. my audio quality is not that great, according to Dean, but I think it's just perfect. Jared, how are you? I'm doing wonderful. How's everybody else doing, Mark Easton, gentlemen? Oh, fine. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for asking. Yeah, we never ask you guys. I feel bad. You're here... You guys are really the heartbeat of this podcast. <laughs> Vanessa, Dean, and I just... We're just in the background. Yes, our way through it, really. We're the brains, lungs, and heart of the podcast. Okay, oh, and we're well, like we, the spine and the bone structure. We're the vital organs. You guys are the things that provide stability. Oh, okay. Oh, that's a good analogy. That's Thank nice. You. Just came up with it on the spot. Pretty proud of that one. That is pretty good. Well, today is pretty much a question and answer podcast. There will be no guests. It's just us five having a nice little Q&A session with ourselves and you guys, of course, because you are the ones who provided us with the questions. They will be all relationship topic, mostly about Dean going to paradise or not. Is that what our podcast <laughs> is about? Relationships? Yeah, it's all about that. Well, can we get to the Sometimes. Van? Can we start with the van thing? Well, you want to start with the van thing. I, I mean, I kind kind of yeah. do. Yeah, of course. Well, for anybody listening, you probably already know that Dean this summer has ambition to move into a van, not ambition, it's coming to reality now. And Dean, you're going to be living in a van during the summer. When do you have to move out? Have you moved out of your apartment yet? Jared, and when do you move into the van? Jared is more critical of this adventure I'm not critical. than anyone I've ever met. I'm not critical. I'm more nervous for you. So you living in a van is no. very nerve-wracking. Heavy on the I scrutiny. I feel like if anyone can live in a van, it's Dean. Heavy on the scrutiny. Always coming from Jared. I'm not saying you can't. I just get, you know... It's living in a van. Do you know where you're going to park your van? He doesn't already shower, so it's all good. I'm not, so this is this is what I think that people don't understand about the van thing. I'm not living in a van in Los Angeles. I'm not just going to be like parking it on the street and on side streets in Los Angeles, living out of it. The por- the purpose of the van is so I can drive it to national forests like Yosemite, Redwood, Glacier National Park, Banff in Canada, and and, <gasps> yes. and hike for extended periods of time and explore those areas while living in the comfort of an essentially a mobile home. 
Well, maybe... I feel like you're going to find your lo the love of your life while living in this van for a year. Wouldn't that just be the greatest thing in the world? Or maybe the van yeah, would be I feel the love like of your gonna... life. Oh, maybe that. <laughs> well, I don't know how that would work. I hope not. In logistically speaking. <laughs> well, logistically speaking, too, if you're going to be taking this van on long excursions, yeah. what does that mean for this podcast? Are you going to drive back weekly? We need to figure out exactly what that entails. Vanessa records uh, remotely from Montreal. And you complain yeah. about her audio quality endlessly. <laughs> <laughs> I just think she sounds better with the microphone today. She's on the headphones. Um, We're just trying different things. We're trying to see, you know, what works better. But Dean, I want to know. So wait, you posted stories of um, you have a fan, I think now that's well, put into your van and a, play, a like fan a, a in the doormat. Van? I yeah, talk, like a doormat. Let's, let's talk more about before we get into that. So I do move out of my house this week. Full time. I'm moving into my van. Today wow. is Tuesday, May 21st, recording this podcast. As of Friday, May 24th, all of my belongings will either be donated or sitting in my van. I'm going to give my car to my friend. I'm going to keep my motorcycle at my old house. Um, so that's when it starts, May 24th. And that's what I'm going to basically, I think I might like head over to Arizona because it's kind of cold in Northern California and over in Colorado right now. But yeah, I, uh, I spent the past about six or seven days working on it. My father flew out for a couple days. We worked on that for a little bit together. Um, awesome good bonding time yeah i suppose uh we got a lot of work done <laughs> we uh we we basically built a bed frame for it we built a bunch of shelves it's got a kitchen sink it's got running water it's got a, wow. cute, a cute little doormat there are some things i still need to do to it i just got uh, my solar panels come in tomorrow so i have to install the solar panels um, I'm getting like a diesel heater installed i have to put my toilet in there still i have to put my refrigerator in there still so, so how much are you spending right now on your van? Oh how much did it cost gosh. you versus how much are you spending? Too much freaking money. I was actually just talking to my friend Alex today about how, because he works at a car dealership and he was like, hey, I can help you get a Sprinter van. And I was like, no, no, I found this one in Colorado that I'm going to get, the, the one that I ultimately have now. And I paid, I mean, we're looking at plus or minus like $30,000. Um, what? Yeah. And the van itself costs, you know, like $27,000. <laughs> <laughs> and I could have gotten a very similar van that had a little bit less work for significantly cheaper, but I was like dead set on it. And once I make my mind up about mm -hmm. something, I like I follow through with it. Mm -hmm. Isn't like, it a Mercedes? Yeah, it's proven in paradise. It's a Mercedes. Yeah, <laughs> I was, I'm kidding. Ooh. It's a Mercedes. <laughs> Nobody one, that. I'm gonna like scoot away from. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I think some of my criticism comes. From, it's not criticism because I don't want you to do it. I think two things. One, it's a. It, it's hard for. It's nerve-wracking because it's unknown, right? You don't know what's going to come from it. I think I'm a little scared for you. And then furthermore, secondly, selfishly about the podcast, mm. if you do these long excursions, you know, I want you in studio with me, buddy. I mean, Vanessa does a great job from Montreal. I don't see what the difference would be if I were doing it from Yosemite or from Utah or from Colorado or from Wyoming or Montana. All places with great Wi-Fi, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> Is Wi-Fi essential? I don't even get a hotspot. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, going to cost uh, you. So if so you spend like 60 grand expensive. on this van, why not just buy a $60,000 RV that's got all that stuff in it that you mm -hmm. don't have to add a bed frame the and a toilet. The appeal of the car of the van is it's much smaller. Um and you you want smaller. Yeah, com compact is good in the sense where you can go more places with it. It's more fuel uh, efficient. Um it just looks cool in my opinion. What color is the van? It's like an army green, like uh, a matte green. I thought it was black. 
No, the hood is black, but the majority oh. of it is green. I saw it online too. It did look black, but mint and green. It's out. It's out front. If you guys want to take a look at <laughs> I'm um, very excited oh. to take a look inside. <laughs> but yeah, there are still a few things. Like I have to. I have to build drawers still. I have to install my induction uh, stove top. I mean, these things can get pretty nice. You know, if you put enough effort into it, you can basically make mm-hmm. it like a small apartment. And that's another thing too, where it's like I want I want to be able to drive around, travel around, and visit all these. So when I was little, I had this idea that I was going to see as much of the world as I possibly could, right? And then I went ahead and went to college. I went ahead and got a desk job, and I didn't do anything that I told uh-huh. myself I was going to do when I was ten years old. And so now I'm like, okay, if I take a month and a half off and travel to Europe, I don't have to worry about a house that I'm paying rent for because my I'm just living out of my van, you know. So that's a big to uh, Europe. How are you going to get to Europe with your van? Oh, I'm going to fly to Europe. I'm saying like for like a tr- like a regular trip. Have you seen Chitty Chitty oh. Bang Bang? You know how the van, the car goes. Well, you know. I have a question. You posted a really <laughs> cool thing on social media <laughs> on of Twitter. This, on Twitter, on this ultimate road trip that literally takes you all over the world. Yeah. So I was. Oh, sorry. There's a dotted line from like looks like Argentina mm-hmm. to the tip of Africa. Mm-hmm. Is that a? Is that a? That can't be a ferry. It's like a cargo ship. Is it really? Yeah. So you can put your van on a cargo ship yeah. and get to Africa, and then you can go all the way to Asia. So I've spent the past couple of days researching this quite a lot, and I've actually reached out to a few people that have done this trip. Um, I would basically do the loop where I go north up the Pacific Northwest into Canada, down through the Rockies into Mexico, all the way down to Argentina, and then get my car shipped to South Africa, drive up north into Europe, east all the way to the eastern points of Asia. That would take me about 12 months. But, wow. but I feel like... I feel like it would cost less money to take an airplane and rent out an Airbnb. Yeah, but where's the adventurous spirit in that? I mean, that's like part I don't know, of saving money. <laughs> it's not. It would be that expensive. The expensive thing comes with like visas. You have to get like this, uh, this, this something to passage in order to like bring cars into other countries. There's a mm. lot of like there's a lot of um, logistical things that go into planning something like that. But I'm like, look, I have this car. I can, it's self, self-contained, self-sustained. I can live in it, right? Like it harnesses energy from the sun. Um, I think it, I don't know. It would be a cool thing to do. It's a solar powered van. Well, I'm going to have solar panels on the top of it. Oh, yeah. Wow. That, that feed electricity. It's a hybrid car. van. No, it's a diesel van, but I'm installing solar panels on it actually tomorrow that power all of my internal electricity, like my water pump, my refrigerator. Oh, it's like my, Superman. My television. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. What'd you say? <laughs> Yeah, because from the sun, like Superman. Oh, I like gotcha! That. Yes, my van is Superman. Superman, Superman. solar power. One of the Super same. Van. Super van. You can have that. Van. Why is this just now hitting me? Um. So yeah. So now, now we need to figure out what uh, exactly we're gonna do with the podcast. I'm well, just gonna record from the road. What's are there the places deal? that you can park your van that are safe? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jared is so concerned for yeah. your safety. I mean, most BLM places you can park it are safe. Uh, BLM is Bureau of Land Management. You can essentially just park it anywhere. Although I did just buy a gun. <laughs> oh God, no! Well, in California, uh, yeah, I, bought I mean that had to have been I left the a podca- rigorous. I left the podcast last week, went to a gun store, and bought the gun. I'm on a ten-day wait. I, I can't pick it up for three more days. It's a ten-day waiting period, but to do a background check, they do a background check. I had to do a written test. I picked it out. They can up, give guns out like that. Picked out a nice Glock, nine uh, millimeter. Have you ever right. shot a gun? Yeah, a couple times. But that's why, because Jared, like you're concerned about safety, so you have it. With you, I th- I thought a lot about it. I thought that I'm probably not going to put live ammunition in it, but I would put like blanks in it, so I could just like fire like uh, warning shots, essentially, right? <laughs> well, oh, but now an- you're giving away your yeah, tricks. Don't announce that on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that people, that part out. pretty sure the people listening to this podcast aren't going to be the ones that are ultimately going to be robbing me on the side of the road. Don't ever underestimate someone, <laughs> uh-huh. um, especially our listeners. So, so yeah, that's that's my van adventure that's coming up in three days now. 
Have you invited any female guests into the van yet? Well, I'm not even living in it yet. Come on, it's not fully. I don't know. I mean, maybe you know. I think I have to wait until I get the toilet installed before I can start having guests over. (laughs) That's my. You also talked about having a gym membership. Yeah. So when you could use the facilities, Mm. shower, all that stuff, is that still on the table? Like Planet Fitness has like a bunch of locations all across the U.S. I was thinking Mm -hmm. too, if I were to do like an extended road trip like that to South America and and beyond, um, like once a week, I would stay in like a hotel or something like that, so I could have like hot running water, um, that kind of thing. Oh my God, it'd be so fun if you travel from like state to state or country to country and then you do like a little episode of going on a date with someone. Ooh. Like, ooh, traveling to Mexico, you know? Like, going on a date Or going to paradise. I actually think I've thought about, hey, come on. I actually think I thought about that before. When I was traveling through Europe last year, I was like, oh, I should go on a date in every country I visit. And that'd yeah. be like a television show. I thought you were supposed to do that at one point when, we were, when you, were, you were calling in from, I don't know where you were. Because it's not really where my pri- my priorities don't really go on taking people on dates when I'm traveling, you know. And I think after a while, who the women catching on to this to, would tell themselves, "Why would I go on a date with someone who I know it's not going to go tra- anywhere? Yeah. He's just doing it for a TV show, and then he's going to go on a date with somebody else." I mean, look at us. Right? I mean, that's yeah, that's the concept but of the, the show. Well, the whole concept <laughs> of the show is also that you're going on dates to hopefully find your person where you would be going on dates just for the experience of well, what it's like <laughs> to go on a date with someone in Arizona. Next up, Colorado. True. <laughs> you know. Well, I guess like fun but, date spots. But mm-hmm. speaking of dating shows, have you guys watched um The Bachelorette? I didn't watch this week's episode. I have. Have you? I know you don't watch watched... the show most most of no. the time. Right. I watched uh last night's episode. I just find like the begin like night one is always really interesting because you get to meet the guys and like the first awkward conversations are, you know, always like entertaining to watch. And then the the last two episodes are really fun too. So like the middle, I get like I still get a little bit of anxiety. But I did watch last night for about an hour. There is one guy. Can we just talk about that one? I think his name is Luke. That's Luke the, that's yeah. I mean, very good looking, but also, can you really be in love with someone after a day and a half or two days of meeting of meeting them? It's a little much. I, I did see the video clip on Lauren Zima tweeted out about how he said he was falling in love with Hannah after the, so, on the second group date. Yeah, pretty much what happened. They were on a group date where the guys had to go on stage and do these different talent things. And the first one was like this strip show and it was very gimmicky. And then the later portion was like a, a talent portion. Some guys like John Paul Jones wrote, I think, like a unicycle. Uh, and then, you know, this guy Jed played guitar. And then Luke P went up there to showcase his talent, which apparently was to tell Hannah that he was falling in love with her. Mm. That was his in talent. In front of portion. everyone? In front of everyone on the first group date of the season. Wait. No, 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 no. I thought you said you watched the episode. No, I only watched the, the second half of it. So I was uh, out for dinner. I had a double date last night. Ooh. And we, yeah, Cute. yeah. And we came back and it was like eight something. So the show ended 45 minutes after. But there was that that was weird. And then there was also when the ABC cam guy came on during the group date. And he wasn't invited. Yeah, Yeah, he wasn't invited on the group date. But at the end of the day, it's like it's the producers that encouraged him to do that, right? Well, yes and no. I think. Well, I want to talk about the Luke P thing, and I do want to talk about the Cam thing, though. But while we were talking about Luke P, I do want to ask you guys that question. First group date, the guy said he was falling in love with Hannah after probably knowing her for, I don't know, an hour maybe, something along those lines. Now, one of his reasonings why his feelings were rapidly progressing was 
He said while watching Colton's season, his feelings were already growing for her. So he felt like he knew her when he first met her. No, no. That's weird. Creepy. Yeah, that's Very. just. No. <laughs> I, then I, I, I would I would be weary if I were Hannah. Like, are you on because you saw me on another season and you have this idea of who I am? And I feel like that's a scary, the scary part of when you're dating someone new. You have this image of who they are in your head. And if they don't reach that you know, all those qualities that you assume that they have, then it's, it'll fail. I think he's saying what he thinks he, Hannah wants to hear. And so by doing that, he's like, um, I don't know. He's, he's lying, lying. Right. Um, yeah, I agree. A lot of people were making the argument. Well, so many people say I fell in love with them at first sight, love at first sight. I think when people say that, it's more infatuation and then it mm-hmm. grows into love because by saying it's love at first sight, I don't think you're giving the justice to what love actually is and how impactful mm-hmm. and, and empowering it is. Um, I think, I think love at first sight too is something that you can look back on and be like, yeah, it was love at first sight, but you don't see someone you're like, damn, I'm in love with you. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's something, yeah. It's like mm-hmm. something you have the, the, the hindsight of recognizing, but it's not something you can feel really in the moment. I'm I, sure with the ex- exceptions, but um, sorry. I feel like I, Nick actually, funny enough, sorry, Vanessa, had a funny tweet the other day about how, uh, he, what did he say? Something about how Luke's telling Hannah what she wanted to hear. Um, no, he said, I'm not surprised that Luke's talent is telling Hannah, Hannah exactly what she, what she wants to hear. Exactly. And that's exactly, a very funny tweet. That's really what it boils down to is he knows that that's exactly what she wants to hear. I agree. I think one of two but things. But does she? Oh, yeah. She was, did you watch? She was no. eating it up. She said that she believed him, that she believed his feelings and that she was feeling very strongly about him. Yeah, it was a little bit of a moment. Um, I, I think one of two things. I think one, either Luke P is a is a liar and wants to tell people what they want to hear. Or two, he's just young and doesn't really know himself. And has How old is he? He's 24, I think. That's the other thing. Yeah, that's young. Yeah, don't forget, Hannah's 24. And I know age is just a number and things are different in in all areas of the country about, you know, demographic of how old someone is when they get married and so on and so forth. But for me personally, in my experiences and in my opinion, I think 24 is very Mm -hmm. young to Mm -hmm. be engaged and married because there's a lot of individual growth that I think someone still needs to go through. And so that's why a lot of these guys are a little bit younger. And Luke P, I believe, is 24. He's 24, 25, I think 24. But he just might not really know what it means to fall in love mm-hmm. with someone. So, like, when his he has this infatuation towards someone, and especially, as we all know, being on the show, The Bachelor and Bachelorette are built up so highly that they almost seem unattainable that he might be like, oh, my God, I'm already falling, falling in love with this woman. Well, and, and especially it's in that, like, bro, settle. Especially in that environment, too, because um, all he's experienced over the past five days leading up to that was the producers and the people around him always, like, reestablishing and reaffirming how awesome Hannah is, which she is. But, like, when you when the people around you consistently build up someone that you're, mm-hmm. like, pursuing, then you start to think, like, oh, wow, this person really is amazing. Uh, and that's how you can start to be like, start to feel those things, I suppose. I, like in his defense, I, I, I don't... agree. I, I'm not defending him. Neither are you. Mm. But I also think, like you said, having all the other guys surrounding you build this one person up. It's a competitive environment. You can't ignore that. Luke, Luke P seems like a competitive guy. And don't ever underestimate trying to get an advantage on the show. Not, 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 not even consciously, but subconsciously saying. 
all these other guys are vying for this one girl. How can I stand mm-hmm. out? I think I'm mm-hmm. falling in love with her. I'm going to tell her. I will say when I went on my first, my first one-on-one date with Nick was very early on. It was a second one-on-one date. I had one group date and then I had a one-on-one and on my one-on-one, I remember like I was really falling head over heels for him. And there were certain things that he did that made me feel special, like wait around for me after the date or before the date or you know, after uh, the zero gravity experience, like make sure that I was feeling okay. Like he was very attentive to my, to my needs. And those are the things that I appreciated about him. So I had a reason to really fall for him. If I, you know, at the beginning when I was having one-on-one time with him during our group dates, what is it like max 15 minutes? If you're lucky to have that much of a conversation with the lead. Mm-hmm. So it's really, it, it, I don't understand how you can say that you're falling in love with someone like being in love and loving someone are very two very different things i agree i'm i'm with you on that one vanessa and and then you wanted to talk about cam for a minute so that was weird um i don't know how that would go down in on the bachelor with a group of women if a woman wasn't invited on a group date and then she just miraculously shows up to uh, you know towards the end of the night where people are trying to get their uh, the, the lead's attention that was weird and but i also feel like he probably had the idea he looks like a go-getter so i feel like maybe he thought about the idea told producers and producers are like oh yeah let's stir shit up I and could see let's, some, i know? could see someone like a corinne or a crystal doing something like that yeah yeah i i, I agree with vanessa uh that listen it's not like he broke out of the house right. and ran into the group date. He got yeah. dropped off by a car. Obviously, he probably mm-hmm. went to production and said, I can't believe I'm not going to have a date with her. This mm-hmm. sucks. I'm not going to see her. And then maybe they're like, well, do you want to try to crash the group date? Sure, let's do it. And I got to be honest, if I was Cam, I would have done the same exact thing. Mm. Really? He, absolutely. I'm not going to, because it, it comes down to this for me. Now, I'm not saying I like Cam. I'm not saying that at all. Poor Cam. So you're I, saying you don't like him? I'm, I'm just saying uh, his character on the show, I, I don't like. The way they're portraying him, he seems yeah, a little yeah, yeah. obsessive, weird, and I'm not down with that. But I also was wondering last night watching that, if it was anybody else but Cam, any other guy, say it was like Jed. Anybody but Cam, ABC. I, I, <laughs> did you watch last night? No. Did you hear about the ABC comment? I heard that's all he kept saying. Be, always be cam. I always be cam. Yeah. First episode. That's so stupid. Um, <laughs> but it was making me think that if Jed was the one who crashed the group date, would it be perceived so badly or would it have been perceived as a romantic gesture saying, hey, I'm only here for you? Because here's the thing about the show. Sure. You want to respect the other guys there. Absolutely. Having said that, if you have an opportunity to go on a group date and see the girl that you want to develop feelings for and you say no out of respect for the other guys, I, I did, the question that would come to me is, well, are you, are you there to respect the other guys or are you there to really find if you can see if there's feelings for this girl? I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I, I'm not saying they're mutually exclusive, but at some point, if you have the opportunity to see her, I I don't think I'd turn that down. I don't think I'd say, hey, no, I don't want to go because I don't want to piss the other guys off. To be fair, screw the other guys. They're very nice. But if I have an opportunity to see her, I'm going to go see her. I don't know. That's my opinion. We should uh, take a break, gentlemen and lady, when talk about ZipRecruiter. Great. As we all know here on this podcast, hiring used to be hard. Mm. Not anymore, though. No. You want to know why? Mm. A little little website <laughs> called 
Zip Recruiter. Yeah. Multiple job sites. Guys, do you remember how difficult it was? There was multiple job sites, stacks of resumes. There's a confusing review process. But today, Zip Recruiter makes hiring easy. And all you have to do is go to one place to get it done. You know that place, ZipRecruiter.com slash date. Date. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over a hundred of the web's leading job boards. I'm going to DJ Khaled this commercial. If Please you know, do. Hype okay. me up. Be my hype man. <laughs> all right. But guess what, Mark? What, Jared? They don't stop there. Tell us, Jared. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands, not hundreds, but how many? Thousands. Of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. Your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great Great match. match. Do you ever miss a great match, Mark? Never miss a great match, Jared. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five, how many? Four out of five, that's 80 of employers who post on ZipRecruiter <laughs> get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. 24 hours! And right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for, what was that, guys? Free! Free, guys! No money! At ZipRecruiter.com slash date! That's ZipRecruiter.com slash D-A-T-E! And at zip, one more time, ZipRecruiter.com slash date! And you can try ZipRecruiter for free today! Jared Haven! Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Mark Wong! Oh my God, I forgot your last name for a second. Oh, man. That was great, guys. Not going to lie. We need to start doing that more often. I hated that so much. <laughs> Shut up, I team. loved it. At Walmart, there's a whole collection of black-led products that fit into your daily routine. We encourage you to show black founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. There is power in every purchase. Every time we purchase from a black-led brand, we make room for another black-led brand. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. Some amazing black-owned businesses that are available at Walmart include the Lip Bar, Zach and Zoe Honey, Partake Cookies, the list goes on and on. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black-owned products you can add to your daily routine. True love is always being excited from the first moment you see one another and every time after that. It's taking long walks together in the summer, gazing longingly into each other's eyes, and, well, watching their tail wag when they chase a squirrel in the yard. The Pedigree brand asked about believing in love at first sight. And honestly, the answer is yes. Ashley adopted Lois, and I didn't know until I actually picked her up and saw her with my own eyes that we were taking this dog home. But I took one look at Lois, and my life has never been the same, and I love her so much, and I'm very grateful for that moment that Ashley decided to adopt Lois. So it really was love at first sight for me. Adopting a dog can lead to a lifetime of meaningful connections. A pedigree loyalty survey revealed that 95% of dog owners say that the bond they have with their dogs is closer than expected. And another pedigree loyalty survey revealed 90% of first-time dog owners report that having a dog improved at least one relationship in their lives. We have adopted two dogs First was Pappy and the second was Alistair. And I got to tell you, I didn't know I could love such a little creature so much with Pappy. He just stole our hearts right away. He was so attached to us. And even with Alistair, we got him and we fostered at first and then decided to adopt not long after that. Just a few days after. They bring so much light into our lives. After we lost Pappy, I was, Kaylin and I agreed to maybe take a couple months off from having a dog in our lives. And not even a week later, we we couldn't stand it anymore. There's just so much light that coming home to a dog brings into our lives. And and whenever we're on a trip, all we can ever think about is coming back home and seeing Alistair. So 
I, I love adoption. I think adopting dogs is the way to go. They are so grateful for it. They definitely love you harder because they know what you took them from and, and the great life that you're giving them. Real love can exist between pet and pet parent. Pedigree is committed to helping more dogs find loving homes, and we can attest that love at first sight is closer than you think. It's available at your local dog shelter. Find love at first sight with the Pedigree Adoption Drive, June 7th to 9th. And the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. If tonight's movie night is just what you need, make it special with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. All right, so I know we're not a Bachelor recap podcast, but obviously we're all on the show, so uh, when it's on, we like to talk about it a little bit, plus it's a dating podcast. Um, so one last question to do with The Bachelor has to do with Dean, Deanie Baby, sitting right next to me. The ever-sexy and beautiful, kind, sweet, uh, heartwarming, honest, endearing Deanie Babies. You're welcome. Dean, uh any update on whether you want to do Paradise or not? Not so much if you're doing it, but whether you'd want to do I'll it. I'll tell you what. There's four people on this podcast right now. Five in total, excluding me. Let's put it to a vote. Mm. Ooh, okay. Okay, great. <laughs> I, uh, who votes yes? Everyone. Me? Yes, I vote yes. <laughs> I vote yeah, yeah, yeah. I vote. That's how I vote. Yeah. It's like uh, 85%. A, a big yes for me. <laughs> great. So it sounds like unanimously it's four against one. Is that a binding vote? I mean, yeah, I just, you going now? I was just curious. I want you to do it because I don't want you to look back and say, why the hell didn't I do it? Yeah. My, I don't know. My thing is, it's like, is anyone going to want to date a guy that lives in a van, you know? <laughs> yeah. Hey, there we go. You got one. Yeah, I guess it's a good start. That's all you need is one. Um, well, obviously, it was uh, spotlighted a couple months ago where you were talking about bachelor relationships. How they're all fake. So they're fake. If you has your, you yeah, know, have you yeah. changed your mind at all? Do you? I, I know it was a little. The the context of what you were saying was a little skewed as well. That definitely factors into my decision. Are you holding a mirror? A or is little, that your phone? What is that? That definitely factors into my decision a, a little bit. Why don't you be a professional and <laughs> be a professional? Don't. You're staring in this little mirror while you're talking. You're gonna look what into a this? mirror during the podcast. We're gonna call you out on I'm it. I mean, I'm I'm talking here though. This is how I focus. Are you talking to yourself in the mirror? Are you trying to hype yourself up? I don't know what I'm doing. Um, yeah. When I when I said that yours and Ash and Ashley's relationship was fake, you didn't say that. That's what. I, oh god. That's what I meant. Oh, what an ass. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I said that a while ago. I said that back in January after uh, I was a little heated about some stuff. Um, and so now I would feel a little weird about going back onto a Bachelor show. So that's kind of like working in the, in the cons column. Um, you could drive the van to Puerto Vallarta. I mean, that's kind of good. Hell, if they let me and they pay for my gas, I'm freaking there. Uh, I don't know if I really want to be in a relationship, like not just with a bachelor person, but with anyone in general. So like, it would, I feel kind of guilty going on a dating show without the intent of like dating. I, I do sometimes find though, there's so many people that say they given up on dating and then given up. not get that. They don't want to be in a relationship right now. 
and then it seems coincidental sometimes that they meet someone that they're ready to commit in a relationship with. So it's just food for thought. I have a question. If you met a woman who also, she shared your views of, I want to see the world. I want to see it in a van. I don't want to pay rent. I don't want to do anything. I would love to live this life as well. Mm. And her getting in the van with you and driving around the world. Is that your dream concept or your nightmare concept? I don't think I really want anyone with me yeah, on the adventure. Yeah, that's what I thought, yeah. You know, it's kind of like a just-a-me thing. Mm-hmm. And me and my dog thing, I guess, is kind of the appeal of it. Um, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. That's kind of that's where my head's at because it's like there's a lot of, uh, I'm basically opening a door that leads into the unknown, right? And so it's kind of like, well, how do I plan for that if I don't necessarily know how it's going to be for myself? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like, Paradise is great, sure. I I know for a fact I wouldn't be as idiotic as I was last time around. Like, I've been around the block a few times, as, as kind of crappy as it is to say. I also want to say I don't think you were idiotic last time. Well, thank you. Maybe it was like the post-show. I was maybe a little stupid at times. I didn't see that, so <laughs> I missed that one. Whoops. The point is, it's like I, I could go back and um, methodically make good decisions, right? Like... I don't know. I, also I've been around, staying true to yourself. Right. I've been around the block. I know what to expect. I know what, what to do if I, if, like, if I wanted to go back. But at the end of the day, it's like, do I want to date anyone? Not really. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not like super gung-ho about finding a relationship with someone, maybe I'd be taking the spot of someone else that is by going down mm-hmm. there. Well, I will say what I find appealing about what you just said, what many men don't want to admit to is that you're not ready for a relationship. And I think that's so healthy that you understand that and you acknowledge it. It's not that I'm not ready um, for a relationship. Well, well, you don't want one. I mean, same yeah. thing, right? You're not what you don't want one. That means you're not ready to be in a relationship. Or maybe he'll never want one. Maybe. Maybe he's a guy who doesn't want one. I was thinking about you'll, that actually there. You'll never want to be in a relationship, Dean. I don't know. There's nothing wrong with that either. I mean, a lot of people have come on this podcast and, and, and said that, you know, human beings sometimes aren't meant to commit themselves to only one person for the rest of their life. It's not even my opinion. Right, it's not, not even about committing right myself to multiple people. I just like have no interest in like, I don't know. Like it's not like I, it's not like I don't want to date one person because I want to go around like gallivanting and having sexcapades across the country in the world. I just don't want to date anyone because I don't want to. A, it's kind of unfair to the person that I end up dating because like I'm going to be gone for such a large portion of the next 12 months again mm-hmm. you guys okay, I, i'm letting you guys down in this situation now imagine if i had a girlfriend in the same situation are you going into this van life because you're that afraid of being in a relationship so this is a way for you to be like there's no way for me to be in a relationship now this is my big my biggest excuse i can't be in one mm, maybe like subconsciously subconsciously yeah. I, don't, I don't think so but maybe Maybe I'm just trying to make myself as undesirable as possible, and that way if I find someone, then I'll know that they're really in it for the real reason. We can all agree that you're not the typical guy who's going to date somebody for three years and then propose. They're going to have a beautiful oh. wedding in a church, and then you're going to have kids after about two years, and another couple of years you have another kid, and then you're going to buy a house somewhere and have a job. You know, that's not you, right? The traditional not path you that just people have been me. on. And me. And, and Ethan. Me. And <laughs> Vanessa. Yeah, it's the typical path. That's not your path. No. Yeah. I think... Uh, what, Vanessa? No, Dean, I remember you and I having this conversation, and you said you wanted kids. Yeah, I certainly do. But, I mean, I'm, I'm okay. not going to have kids with someone that I'm not fully convinced that I'm in love with. Yeah, you, you know want to have mean? kids with the right person. I'm not going to feign interest just for the sake of conforming to the idea of what I'm expected mm-hmm. to do. Yeah, that's, well, that's smart. I think uh, that's very smart. Um, and that kind of boils back down to what I said back in January about all the relationships being fake, is people will fake relationships for 
the exterior, I guess, benefits that come with it, mm-hmm. right? There are ulterior benefits that come with it. Um, mm. So that's kind of where I'm at with Paradise. I shut the door on it for a while. I've kind of creaked it back open a little bit again. At this point, I'm sure the producers are so sick of me that they wouldn't even want me to come back. I'm jerking them around. They're jerking me around. It's just a big old circle jerk. Um, that's the proper term, right? Yeah. <laughs> so like, look, like even if I went to the producer, I was like, hey, actually, I want to go on Paradise this year. I don't know if they would be like, all right, that's fine, because I've, you know, I've been kind of wishy-washy with the whole thing. Um, I'm sure they understand why. You kind of had uh, a traumatic experience going through it the first time, so. I mean, to an extent, who the hell knows? Um, who the well, hell knows? Paradise could happen. It might not happen, but it might happen, but it might not. Um, <laughs> I, I was far it's more so complicated. I, I'm glad we asked because it kind of took us uh, into an in-depth look about where you are in terms of relationships, not just paradise, which I found very compelling. But we do have emails. We did promote this as a question and answer podcast. It was almost we over. Have, <laughs> we have some questions that people want answered and. It's always our favorite part, uh, so we're hoping to get to a few right now. If, Mark, you'd be so kind. It'd be my pleasure. Here's Julie. I'm 24. My boyfriend of three years broke up with me because of religious differences. I'm a very liberal Christian mm. with a moderate conservative family. He is a super liberal atheist. Ooh. I always thought it was okay to agree to disagree and respected my parents knowing they would respect us back. When we broke up, he told me that I was a coward, a little girl, wow. and a phony. Ah! For not, for not standing up to my parents about my differing beliefs and that I should have distanced myself from them. I sometimes wonder if I should have taken more of a stand on the hot topic issues and distanced myself from my family more. I still cry often about our breakup and even feel resentful towards my family because of it. Is it wrong to agree to disagree? Am I really a coward and a phony for not distancing myself from my family for him? Mm. Oh, my God. Nah, no. I don't think no. so. No. Okay. I, can I start? Yes. That was, I had like a huge reaction over FaceTime. Here. Oh, we heard. Um, <laughs> I <laughs> so I am dating someone. I am Christian. My boyfriend is Jewish, and we had this conversation before getting into relationship. And I said, "Listen, I don't want to date someone that is just Italian or just Christian, but I want to date someone who will be open to my beliefs, my traditions, my religious beliefs." And same goes for him. And so we had that conversation. And I think it's important if you're dating someone and they have a different religious belief, you shouldn't have to change who you are in order to get married to them. Why do you have to change a part of who you are in order to permanently be in that person's life? Right. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I think it comes down to what Julie believes, you know. Um, well, or her ex boyfriend well what i'm saying is he criticized her for not taking a stand against her parents does she believe what her parents believe because yeah. if so why would she ever take a stand well she says she's a very liberal christian and a conservative family so it sounds like there are some differences there uh-huh. they're in the same realm yeah i would i it sounds I'm, generational to me yeah i think it's yeah i think it's ridiculous to call her a coward or a phony <laughs> uh because yeah. or a if, little girl yeah that's it, so demeaning i will say i think that her situation is a little bit different than yours vanessa where you're you're christian or catholic dating catholic. dating yeah. a jewish person so you're both religious she's uh no we're not i mean but it's very it's a different have, type of tradition you both it's have a big a, spectrum you both have a faith yeah. right so this right. girl this guy was an atheist is christian yeah. and her significant other was atheist which means there's less there's a bigger gap there i guess um, I personally don't think that she should take a stand against her family unless she firmly believes otherwise, but you can still take a stand against their beliefs and still have a close relationship with them. 
I would assume. I also think that sometimes in this world, it feels like we have to always say our opinion and always mm-hmm. be like, this is what I believe. And this is what you should believe too. And and, and, and mm-hmm. this is how I feel. I'm so passionate about it. And sometimes it's probably better just to be quiet. That's a great point. And to keep your opinions to yourself. Because 50 years ago, I mean, mm-hmm. to, uh, Dean is shaking his head. But <laughs> listen, as human beings, we're always going to disagree. And I think now because we've become accustomed to always vocalizing our opinion and how we, what we believe and how we feel that we've grown distant because now we understand oh wow you are very different than me well I don't like you because of that where before it was just like hey you believe what you want to believe you vote for who you want to vote and then I will do the same and we can still get along um, and so I, I, I think it's just it gets to a point now where people just have to start being a little quieter in my opinion I I think this was a um, blessing in disguise because if this man is telling you to go against your family, that's just Mm. a preview of what is to come in a relationship with someone like this. Mm -hmm, You don't want to be with someone that's going to pin you against your family members or your friends. You want someone who's going to be understanding. So I think they're just on two different ends of the spectrum and he doesn't look like he's willing to meet her halfway, obviously. I don't think it's a good I don't think it's a bad thing to share your opinion. I think the important thing that lies with that is just having a mindset of acceptance and inclusion and respect and respect. Those are the three things. Have opinions about everything, whether you're pro-life, pro-choice, all of this stuff, you can have opinions on that. That's perfectly fine. I'm not saying you shouldn't have opinions. But I'm just saying share those opinions, but then also mm-hmm. understand, accept, and include other people's opinions. You know, yeah, don't the- necessarily battle, fight, and try and change their opinions. Maybe inform them and, and let them change it on their own, I guess is my thing. But um, I don't think it's necessarily a good thing to keep your opinions inside as long as you're willing to hear someone share theirs and understand where they're coming from. But this is different because this is the guy telling the girl that she should fight against her parents' opinion. This wasn't an opinion that, like, they fought over. I agree that this guy kind of sounds like a dick for making her make that decision. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Like, two people in a relationship together should talk about their beliefs and and voice their opinions, and hopefully they will both be adults to understand the other person's perspective and not ridicule them for it. But with the parents' thing, I think there are moments in life where you just let things go Mm. and say, hey, your parents believe this. I, 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 you know, let them believe whatever they want. We can believe whatever we want and let's just move forward. Right. He seems to be coming from a place of you have the, in his world, you agree with your parents a hundred percent on everything or you never speak to them again, Yeah, which is not uh-huh. realistic and not possible. No, it's all about respect, respecting your parents' opinions and respecting your partner's opinions. Uh-huh. I, I come from a place of a very similar situation. It is possible to make a successful relationship between an atheist and a religious person. It's just about having respect for each other's opinions and, and not... You know, like to Jared's point, which I thought was a really good point about having opinions, the social media comment section, we can't let that get into our regular conversations. Yeah. That can't leak into our daily discourse or we're just doomed as a society. Not every dinner table conversation has to be about politics and religion. And you don't always have to Mm -hmm. be right. Exactly. There's different viewpoints. Mark, so how does it work with children? Once children That's are a great question. Mix, that is a great That's question. That's a great yeah. question. Um, in our situation, my wife is the more religious of the two of the uh, two of us, and I'm kind of letting her handle that because I don't mind my children um, being taught that taught about religion and taught about all those things because uh, they find comfort in it for one, and also they should know about everything. So, are they baptized? They're not baptized. Okay, so you're ma- you're educating them to make their own choice. Yes. Okay. If they would Smart. like to get baptized one day, that'll be their decision. And I agree okay. with you, Mark. Ashley and I have talked about that, you know, future uh, about 
raising our kids and what we're going to teach them. And we want to make them aware as much uh, information as they can handle. And then hopefully when they can grow up, they can make decisions based on what they believe and everything that they've taken in as children. We did need to find a church that reflected our shared beliefs, Mm -hmm. more about right and wrong rather than about heaven and hell, you know, and the extremes Mm -hmm. of it. And an inclusive church that didn't have an issue with homosexuality, that sort of thing. We had to find Mm -hmm. that. Once we did, we were very comfortable, both of us, sending kids to that church. Hmm. Interesting. Let's take a couple more emails, but before we do that, let's take a break. All right. So maybe you've considered a sleep number bed but thought you couldn't afford one. But let me ask you this. Can you really afford another restless night's sleep? Nope. There's never been a better time to save on proven quality sleep than right now. And during the Memorial Day sale, a Queen 360 smart bed starts at only $999. So many couples disagree on mattress firmness, and that's why sleep number beds let you choose your ideal firmness on each side so it's just right for both you and your significant other. The Sleep Number 360 smart beds are so smart, they sense your every move and automatically adjust to you, keeping you sleeping comfortably throughout the entire night. Sleep Number has been ranked highest in customer satisfaction with mattresses by J.D. Power. And don't take our word for it. Check out the 2018 award information at jdpower.com. I know I check out J.D. Power before every big decision (laughs) I make. Come in during the Memorial Day sale and save up to $1,000 on a new Sleep Number 360 special edition smart bed for temperature balancing comfort. At an exceptional value. You'll only find Sleep Number at any of the 575 Sleep Number stores nationwide. And you can figure out where those would be at sleepnumber.com slash Dean. Go ahead and save up to $1,000. Again, at sleepnumber.com slash Dean. You should get in that van and see if you can hit all 575 Sleep Number stores. <laughs> that should be the goal. They would have to pay me a good amount of money to do that. <laughs> but not a bad idea. I want to talk about this new obsession that I have with third love. So women, you feel me. I mean, you know, we have feet that are different sizes, six and a half. I have a six and a half foot. Um, So bra sizes, third love invented this half signature, half cup sizes. They have the perfect fit. They use data points generated by millions of women who have taken their fit finder quiz to design bras with breast size and shape in mind for the perfect fit and premium feel. There's more sizes than most other brands. Third love offers more than 70 sizes. That's seven, zero 70 sizes, including their signature half cup sizes, I did the fit, find your fit quiz, and I just found out that I'm a half cup size. Um, So all you got to do is skip the trip, find your fit with Third Love's online fit finder. You order and you try it on at home. No hassle, no more awkward fitting room experiences of having to buzz in the lady to check in your breast size or to check in like, you know, your, to measure your waist and so it's super easy, 100% fit guarantee. Every customer has 60 days to wear it. You get to wash it and put it on to try it on and test it. And if you don't like it, well, I'm sure you're going to love it. All you got to do is return it. And Third Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need. What's so funny? I was just funny. You're like, and if you don't like it, it's not going to happen. You're going to like it. Yeah, no, you're going to love it. I mean, it's super comfortable. Dean has tried my bras on before and he mm-hmm. finds it really cozy. I've taken Third them off Love- before too. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> oh. Dean! <laughs> You know, it's so funny. I was telling Amy how I want my boyfriend to come on the podcast, and I'm like, mm, I'd be awkward with Dean. Okay, so Third Love's team of expert fit stylists are dedicated to helping you find your perfect fit, and they're available every day to help via text message, chat, or phone. Returns and exchanges are free and super easy. 
Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering my listeners 15% off your first order. So all you got to do is go to thirdlove.com slash Vanessa, V-A-N-E-S-S-A to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash V-A-N-E-S-S-A for 15% off today. Can we talk about STDs? Absolutely. Let's do it. We talked about Oh, last week. yeah. Anonymous says, can you guys talk more about STDs? Yeah, sure. I was talking yes. with the guy for a month, so I knew we were going to have sex soon. Interesting. That sentence alone, a lot there. <laughs> I told him I had herpes. I had it for about 12 years. I barely have breakouts, and I take care of myself, and I keep a very healthy lifestyle. I explained to him how this works and that he could be safe with me. He said he dated someone before with STDs, so he kind of knew about it, but didn't have a lot of information. The next few days, he was kind of cold with me, and on the third day, he said he wasn't as open-minded as he thought, so he couldn't keep dating me. I asked him if I could help him get educated so that we could continue to date. He agreed and said, I think about you all the time. I don't want to end this. A few hours later, he blocked me from everything. Mm. Now I don't know if I can ever date again. You can date again. That sucks, though. I'm sorry, Anonymous, that this happened. Um, It's it's a difficult situation because I'd be lying if I wasn't a little scared. Mm -hmm. Um, So... I can understand people's reaction, but, you know, something like uh, herpes is very common. I think they said, I, I might have these numbers wrong, 80% of the population? Well, yeah, I think it's because uh, we said last week there's type 1 and type 2. Type 1, a lot of people have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, I think it's like 80% of people don't feel symptoms, so it's really scary That's if you're not getting event. checked. Yeah. It's like really scary if you're not getting checked because you don't, you just don't. I think guys don't have symptoms as much as women do. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, anonymous. That's super shitty, especially if you know if it's if this is your first time being open about having herpes and not having the kind of reaction that you were hoping to have, or at least actually, what's worse is they, he made it seem as if he was open to it and mm-hmm. then kind of backed it out. That's what's. That's the shitty part. I guess you just kind of um, need to come to the realization that your dating pool has gotten a little bit smaller than it would otherwise. That's true. And it's like, it's not really for any fault of your own. It's just because of you have to understand that people are going to sometimes react negatively to this. And once you just like realize that, like it just, you have an extra filter on your dating uh, prospects essentially. But you know, the the funny part is he might even have it and he has no idea because you don't always, you can get tested for it. And after our, our last episode, someone uh, wrote to me and said, uh, to mention this on the podcast, and I'm happy that they did write in and, and, and tell me this. When you get tested, you it doesn't even show up that you have herpes unless you have a breakout, and then it'll say that you have like I don't remember what it was, but basically you could have it, and it it can still come out as negative on your test results. Here are the stats. Uh, this is Americans. This is from LiveScience.com. Fifty uh, percent of teens and adults under fifty have oral herpes. One in eight, which is twelve and a half percent, have genital herpes. Okay. One yeah. in eight is yeah, that's, that's pretty high. high. Yeah, that's very high. So you're not alone, uh, anonymous. And uh, to that point, this is Chelsea who didn't write this in response to you, but she actually could have. She says, "I wanted to respond to anonymous about telling her partner about herpes." She's talking about last week's anonymous and wanted to share uh-huh. my experience. I had a long-term boyfriend many years ago who gave me herpes after cheating on me. Oof, oof. Mm. I would take medication on a needed basis until I found a new doctor who prescribed me medication to take on a daily basis for suppressive therapy. And I'm happy to say I have not had an outbreak since college, and that was a long time ago. I met my husband later, and when we decided to move in together, I told him I had herpes. That's interesting that you held that until you moved in together. 
That seems late to me. Yeah. But he, yeah. Was, he was completely understanding. There were no issues. I've had kids. Everything's fine. I hope this helps you. The right man will understand and not walk away. That's the key, I think. The yep. right guy is yep. going to stick around and make this work. And if he walks, he's not the guy for you. No, I yep. agree. That's what it really comes down to. Because it is something like that is something that both people have to be understanding and okay with. Um, so I know it sucks anonymous <laughs> that this person blocked you. And I think that's really messed up. Um, but don't let yeah, it, that's childish. Don't, yeah, don't let it um, crush you to the point where you never want to date again. Because there are good people out there, and there are people that you can open up to, and who will be understanding about it. Mm-hmm. The thing about this story is, uh, I mean, Vanessa and her boyfriend have been dating; they don't live together. You never know. Once you guys move in together, she, <laughs> he might drop a bomb on you about something that you're not necessarily interested in hearing. Oh my god, Dean. I'm just saying. What it, are it, you like wishing that upon me? I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying clearly that's happened before. I bet you it's going to happen again. I don't think it's going to happen to you, but you have to be open to the possibility of everything happening. It's just it's at the end of the day, like Mark said and Jared reinforced, is the right guy isn't going to run away from this kind of information, right? It just yeah, it just is going to add an extra filter to the pool that you're dating. But at the end of the day, like that filter will help weed out the people that aren't worth your time anyway. So I think it, I think to have a healthy relationship, no one's going to a good person won't walk away if you're being honest. I guess right? it, that mm-hmm. actually kind of begs a question, because then how early should you tell someone? Because I feel like the earlier you tell them, the more likely they might walk away because yeah. they're not as invested in the relationship. But if you tell them after hanging out with them a few times and it hasn't gotten into me you yet. You tell but they, them, in my opinion, the day bef- the moment before you guys get intimate with each other. Well, of course, it has to come before yeah. intimacy. I'm just saying. But the yeah. moment before, it's going to kind of kill the mood. Maybe like on the day that you're expecting it to lead up to that. Yeah. Or maybe even right before. Why not? Right, because you both know tonight's probably the night. Sure. Like yeah, that's the Fourth, time. fifth date. Yeah. I don't, depending. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, or maybe right before, maybe you got the pants off and you're like, hey, I have to tell you something, by I, the way, before we do this, like, just so you know. Yeah, I think it's an interesting question because as, you know, it, these people writing in who have herpes and are scared to tell people about it, it, it's interesting from their perspective because if I were them, I'd be nervous about telling someone too early on because then it's just, it's kind of almost too much information too quickly. But here's here's the thing. I would way rather tell someone that I have that early on than tell someone that they might have gotten it from me. No, uh, oh, yeah. th- this is putting, I'm sorry, we're putting intimacy aside. That's, I would hope, a given before you become intimate with someone. If you have but that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. The nerves of telling someone beforehand don't come close to what I would imagine the, f- the point of having to tell mm-hmm. someone later on would, right. would be. You know I what agree. I mean? Yeah. So you nip it in you the bud. Are, I think you guys are misinterpreting what I'm trying to say. This is not... I'm not saying, you're, I'm not saying you're encouraging people to sleep with other people and then tell them afterwards. I'm just saying the nerves are bad, but the nerves will be much l- worse the longer you wait, in my opinion. Okay, so do you tell them on a first date? I'm, I stand by saying I think that you should tell them if, just mo- moments before you get intimate. Yeah. Maybe not moments before, but leading up to it. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, but that could be, I mean, sure, five, if a, if, six dates in. Sure, if it gets hot and heavy on the first date and things start moving that way, tell them. I don't mean that. You just said that the longer you wait to tell someone, the more nerves add up. Right. And, but sometimes intimacy, I mean, a lot of people wait until like five, six, I mean, 20 dates, who knows? Sure. So like, I think it's the blanket think the question that applies is, regardless. I just think um, within 24 hours before it happens is when it should be said, in my opinion. So whether that's on the sixth date, the 20th date, the second date, the 500th yeah, date. I agree. Okay, I, as long as we're, I, I agree with you guys. Mm. I'm just, I'm trying to put a timeline on so anonymous and everybody else can hopefully gather maybe <laughs> but, some yeah, advice you're right. from this. You want some emotional investment. 
on his part before you tell him because right. if it's not, if it's too early, he's gonna be like, you know what, check please. It. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. I, it's fine. There's a lot of fish in the sea. Yeah, but you want him to have some feelings for you, so he has to really think about it. it kind exactly. of sounds kind mm-hmm. of like baby mm-hmm. almost. I don't think so. You know, like I, like now that I've got you invested in in this whole relationship, let me let me tell you something. There's a difference between investment in a relationship and and getting to know someone to the point where they would want to move forward with it. For example, if you went on a date with someone that you thought was cool and nice, but they said on night one, "Hey, I have herpes." Right. I, I think I it understand. comes I'm playing, down. Yeah. I'm playing devil's advocate. I, I think that it's good to let your good qualities shine through. Let those sink in for a little bit and then share something that might not be quite as great. Yeah. I think I you like want to build. <laughs> I think you want to build a level of trust before you tell someone something that you're not going around telling everybody. So you want to make sure that that person is going to be understanding, you know, and not like, have like a horrible reaction and just walk away because yeah, that's not it's it. not a good it's not a good it's not a good feeling like if you're being vulnerable and telling a person something that deep i mean it's not like yeah, you know you want to make sure that's yeah you want to make sure that person is going to be um like not a jerk about it and so let me throw some you. other scenarios out there for you you tell me when do you tell a person this throughout the early dates i mm-hmm. have children early early first date, oh, yeah. first date? Yeah. yeah i'm divorced Mm. you can wait uh, if it comes up yeah. organically i went on a first date uh, this was like a year ago but uh an older woman and she told me she was divorced on the first date and i was like oh that's cool i, I mean, mean divorce is but big. wait hold on hold on why did you guys say the first date i didn't say the first date uh, who said the first date i said i've been told on the first date that i was on a date with a divorcee no 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 sorry i, I was talking about kids oh. why did you guys so say so quickly first date I think for a lot of people, their kids are probably the most important things to them. And I think that uh-huh. they want to find someone early on that is is ready to take on the responsibility of parenthood. Um, so it's I, for me, it's kind of one of those things, I'm sure as a single parent dating, they don't want to mess around with people who are not ready to take on kids. And so let them know early on to see what their reaction is um, so they don't waste their time. Okay. I, I don't know. I, thought, I agree. That's a good yeah. yeah. It's well said. Well said. Hey, thanks, guys. All right, that's it for me. I'll see you guys next week. <laughs> I have a couple more if you want. I'm like, I've been in prison. When do you mention that to them? I've been to prison. Oh, you have? Hold on. Have oh, you been to dear. jail or have you been to prison? Prison. I understand there's a difference between the two. Yeah, prison's more hardcore. You're badass. Thank you very you much. You and your Hey Arnold tattoo. It's pretty <laughs> awesome. Do you have a felony? <laughs> uh, it wasn't for a felony. It was for when I was, when I was under 21, I got arrested a few times for underage uh, drinking, underage possession of alcohol. And I never did my community service. I never paid my fines. And eventually I got some warrants out for my arrest. And then I eventually crashed my car one day. And when the cops came to report <laughs> the accident. You're uh, a badass, Deanie baby. Nice. Wow. And then I went to the I went to the hearing and they're like, hey, just because like we're you're clearly never gonna do your court sentenced uh, community service, you're never gonna pay the fines. We're just gonna sentence you five days uh, in El Paso County. And uh, Ooh, that sounds like a rough one. Yeah, El Paso. Okay. Yeah. That sounds like a rough and facility. Knocked, and then it got knocked down to three days. And then I went through, got processed, got into my holding cell, or got into my cell where I was supposed to be for the next three days. And then I woke up like a couple hours later to someone shaking me. And they're like, hey, man, the, pr- the prison's getting all full. You should probably get out and make room for some real criminals. And I was like, all right. So I spent 12 hours <laughs> in prison. And it was honestly, it was, it was an eye opening experience. Like, I know I never want to go back. But ever since I turned 21, like, all my offenses were alcohol related um, just because I was like um, underage in possession of it. Mm-hmm. I haven't been in trouble with the law since. So, so what was Eight it years. like? What were those 12 hours like? Um, it was funny because a lot of the, the inmates there had like, they were re-offenders, right? And so they were all homies and they were all buddies and they were all like, mm. oh, what are you going for this time? Oh, I jacked a car, like that kind of stuff. 
Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it was drugs too, because Colorado Springs is kind of a sketchy, druggy area. But yeah, that was my twelve hours in prison. That's my. That's Do my you story. tell people you go out with about that? Yeah, I'm not really ashamed of it by any means. Um, I think it's kind of more like. Yeah, you didn't do anything. Funny, yeah, anything it's more of a fun else. story. Yeah, like it's not like yeah, it was just I. I think I. Uh, I mean, the story of how I got arrested. One of those times, I was just like you know trying to get into a bar with a fake ID, and mm. I was drunk, and they're like, "Oh, you have alcohol in your system. We're taking you to to jail for yeah. the night." And it was just a bunch of those kind of things happened when I was like 19 and 20 years old. So, so you spent more time behind bars than just the 12 hours. Oh, I spent the night in jail about four times. Oh yeah. Wow. wow! Yeah, yeah, I got well maybe five times. I got arrested. For, I got arrested for stealing groceries when I was like 16. Uh, that one I was. Just what did you this, steal? Like just food. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and then like I like a couple. Like, like, you're like an, you're Aladdin. A couple like drunk take times where I was like <laughs> drunk and underage, and they're like, "Oh, you're clearly like underage and drinking alcohol, so we're going to have you like stay the night in our jail." That happened like three or four times. Um, yeah. You know that you probably just got more appealing to some women who want who like badasses. <laughs> Great. Dude, you ride a motorcycle, you live in yeah. a van, you got a Hey Arnold prison. But also, I think that's hopeful because you clearly went through a really difficult time in your teenage years and we, for reasons we've discussed, but you've turned out really well. Oh, I appreciate that. I think oh, you're yeah. a great guy and you're a sweet guy. And you, I think that's really nice. I made a lot of mistakes in my life and I'm willing to, um, I don't know, own up to them. Yeah. Maybe maybe help other people yeah. grow from them. I don't know. But that's the thing. It's like I don't want to not share those stories with someone and then like six years later be like hey you never told me that you did any of that mm-hmm. stuff you know what i mean yeah of course and it's not again it's not like i'm ashamed of any it's just like a here's like a matter of fact thing that's happened to me when i was you know eight years ago essentially so hmm. you guys have never been to jail or anything like that any any runs with the police? i uh no. i got detention once <laughs> <laughs> i got a lot that of suspensions in high school i got tased by the cops once that, wow. one, is, that one is pretty what? bad that one is pretty bad I'll share this story. This one was. This this might have been my worst arrest, actually, of all. Easton, this synopsis writes itself this week. (laughs) This was my worst arrest by far, by far, by far. Um, I was like, it was like two weeks before my twenty-first birthday, and all my friends in college were older. They were all like twenty-three, twenty-four, and so that's what we do instead of going to house parties. We'd go to the bars. It was like two thirty in the morning, and we're all going home. And I was trying to get into this bar to 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 alleviate myself (laughs) to go to the bathroom. My friend went in and they wouldn't let me in because my ID obviously looked super, super fake. And so I was just, I was pretty drunk at the time. And so I just started peeing right there on the side of the street. And this cop was like, hey, kids, stop peeing. And I turned around and I go, I can't remember what I said. I said something really stupid. And I pulled my pants up and started running away in the opposite direction. And uh, I swear I was running faster than I've ever ran in my entire life. But all of a sudden my body locked up and I face planted in the ground because he shot me with oh, his taser gun. Sh- yeah. Holy crap. And then I had to spend the night in the hospital. So I guess that one I didn't spend behind bars. I spent that one in a hospital. But you would have. I would have. Behind bars. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's pretty awesome. So it would have been five nights. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. That, did, was, that was a bad one. What did it feel like? I was pretty drunk, fortunately. So like I didn't feel it too much. Um, I was told that when the cops came and they were like handcuffing me, my friends were like, dude, what should we do? Like, can we help you? And I was like, no, just go. Like, I've accepted my fate. Um, <laughs> I like woke up in the hospital. Save hosp- yourself. I like woke up in the hospital. I was like pretty drunk. You know, I was like 20 years old and we're, we're cel- I don't know, we're partying, whatever. And I woke up in the hospital at like four or five in the morning and there was like sticky things all over me because they're like checking my vitals and stuff. And I'm like, where am I? And I start like peeling this stuff off of me and I like get up and start like trying to leave. And the doctors come out and they're like, Yo, you can't leave. Like we still got a lot of stuff to do. Um, yeah, it was that was a rough one because I got charged with like four separate things, like um, minor possession of alcohol, running from a police officer, like that type of stuff. It was all they were all misdemeanors, of course, but uh, that one was like a, a hefty, hefty charge. 
Yeah, if you had any like major charges, you wouldn't be on The Bachelor. No, and I no. told them all too because you go through the background check and they're like, "Do you have any felonies?" I go, "No," but I've I've got quite a few misdemeanors from when I was 20 years old. I was like rebelling a lot, you know, especially like even in high school. Yeah, I had a sus- at least one suspension every single week, um, or I had a detention what? like three detentions oh. a week. Mostly not like because I was being mean or bad or anything. I was just like absent late, and late yeah. and, tr- yeah. and truant and like all that kind of stuff Aww, the worst that makes thing me I, sad the worst thing i think i ever did was i was coming back from a party sophomore year and i had my dad's car I just got my license he had a blue station wagon and i was Ooh. the designated driver i didn't drink all night and there was like eight nine kids in this that i was all bringing home and then they were all yelling nobody had the seatbelt on so it was like a chaotic station wagon and i must have been speeding a little bit and a cop came the other way turned us around, flashed his lights on, and as a 16-year-old, my heart mm. dropped mm. with my dad in the car. All these kids were drunk next to me, all underage. I was fine, but in my head, I thought I was in the biggest trouble. And then one of the buddies in the back was like, remember, this was like 15 years ago, and he was like, dude, I got weed! And then <laughs> oh I immediately God. assumed that oh. like, I was going to jail <laughs> because in my 16-year-old head, weed was like cocaine. And so then... I don't know why I thought this was a good idea. I sped off into a side street. Nice. I literally tried to run from the cops and then went into the first driveway, parked the car, turned the lights off, thinking that was a good idea. And then one of the kids in the back seat tried to jump out and run from the cops, but the cop pulled it back, got out of his car. <laughs> to this day, I don't know if he was pointing his gun or not, but he was like, get back in the car right now. And he was like pointing. And obviously, we couldn't tell if he was pulled his holster or what. So we immediately got back in the car and he came up and then it was fine afterwards because he came up and I was... So your dad was in the car with you this whole time? No, no. It was, it was my dad's, dad's car. car. Gotcha, gotcha, oh. gotcha. And he came up and he was screaming at us and, 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 and I talked to him for like 20 minutes and finally he was like, just make sure everybody gets home safely and don't you ever drive away from a cop like <laughs> that again. Yeah, and no, that's not smart. Cool, so thank God. But other than that, yeah, nothing. That was probably the craziest right there. Crazy. So, oh, I got robbed by the cops in, in Mexico one time, too. That was Mexico. quite terrifying. That seems to be that's... standard I was rite of passage. Yeah. yeah, I guess. thought I was going to die, but it was like 3 o'clock in the morning. I was alone in a back alley. It was quite terrifying. I was drunk. It was the first time I ever blackout, uh, became blackout drunk, and then I was throwing up in the club. thought it was a good idea for trying to get myself <laughs> home. Went on the bus, passed out on the bus, woke up. Bus driver was like, no more stops. You got to get off. I walked out in this like dark alley, pitch black, cop car pulls up, flashes his lights, and I'm like, oh, thank God. <laughs> Comes up. He's like, what are you doing here? Why are you here? Why are you alone? And I was like, oh, I'm trying to get back to my hotel. I don't know where I am, blah, blah, blah. One of them come up behind me, starts pushes me against the car, starts patting me down, takes out my wallet, my camera, gives me back my wallet, and they're like, have a good night. And I check my wallet. All my credit cards and cash are gone. They oh. took my camera. As long as you saw your passport. Uh, passport, I didn't. Uh, I think I left at the hotel. They told us to leave at the hotel because it was like a party bus. And then I tried to take like the metro bus back just to get back to the hotel by myself, not telling my friends any of this. And so then I was left without any cash. And then a ca- taxi cab pulled up, and I was like, I, "He's like, I need money before you can get in the car because I've gotten, you know, a lot of times they'll pull up to the hotel and these douchebags will just run out mm-hmm. and they won't get them. And so I, he's like, "No, you don't have money. See ya." So then he pulled away. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do right now. And then I remember there was guys walking past me, and I was just waiting, waiting for one of them to just try to jump me. And then finally the cab came around like five minutes later and was like, get in the car. <laughs> and I was like, thank you so much, and drove me back to the hotel, went up, paid him, and that was my story right there. Then I knocked on my buddy's door the next day. He opened it, bloody chin. 
It was like, what the hell happened to you? you He's like, I got thrown out of the club, and they pushed me against the cement, busted my chin open. I was like, let's get the hell out of here. Let's just go back home. <laughs> you want to know what I wish you had back then? <laughs> what do you think? What, what did I need? I think you probably needed a better, more athletically fit body. And well, I that, think, yes. And I think that if you had open fit, that you probably would have been in a much better situation. Where was Open Fit, open fit 15 years ago when let, I needed this? Let me tell you guys about Open Fit real quick. Open Fit takes all the complexity out of losing weight and getting fit. It's a brand new, super simple streaming service that allows you to work out from the comfort of your living room in as little as 10 minutes every single day. Everyone's bodies are different, and OpenFit gets that, which is why it's personalized to your needs with custom-tailored original content. OpenFit classes are led by some of the most effective and engaging trainers in the world. You can sculpt your body with Andrea Rogers, who is the founder of Extend Bar, or you can get in crazy good shape with Hunter McIntyre, named by Sports Illustrated as one of the top 50 fittest athletes. These trainers know how to get you results quick. You can access on your computer, on your web-enabled TV, on your tablet, smartphone, and Roku. Uh, my personal favorite is 600 Seconds with Devin Wiggins. It's a 10-minute workout that is fat-burning, muscle-building, and body-sculpting, and you can choose from 42 high-intensity workouts of every type and style. OpenFit has changed the way that I work out, and with our code DEAN, you can join me on a fitness journey personalized just for you. Again, our code is DEAN, and you can start using OpenFit for your journey to a healthier life. Right now, they're offering a 30-day challenge to our listeners. Get a special extended 30-day free trial membership to OpenFit where you can lose up to 15 pounds in 30 days when you text DEAN, that's D-E-A-N, to 303030. Why Check would you not try that? 30 free days and you can lose up to 15 pounds in those? Just this try is, it. This See is why happens. we say if Dean's vans are rocking... Don't come and knocking I'm doing unless open, it's open. He's fit. doing open fit in there, <laughs> yeah. and that's why it's moving around. So I'm much. doing the 600 seconds with Devin Wiggins in there. <laughs> it's pretty spacious, actually. So. Um, that'll do it for this week's episode of Help. I suck at dating. Uh, so next week, I'm told we have a doctor coming in to answer all of your questions. So if you have questions a doctor should answer, so I guess this isn't so much Ooh. what does he mean by this text and why don't guys like me and stuff like that. These are more medical situations. I suck at dating. At iHeartMedia.com. Seems appropriate because we've had quite a bit of STD talk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we are going to be having an episode on Memorial Day week mm -hmm. for our listeners because we love you so, so much. And we want to answer your medical questions. So email us, isuckatdating at iHeartMedia.com. I'm going to um, encourage people on Instagram, maybe on Facebook to do the same thing. Medical questions are tough because it's like... Obviously, it's hard to really get the answer without having someone look at specific things that are going on, but it's good to get general ideas of what's going on. They could be sexual questions. There's a lot of stuff that just happens that we are unaware of. Mm -hmm. um, sexual questions are good. What kind of questions do you think have you have on top of your head to encourage like other people? I think the well, one of the emails that we got, like when to tell someone you have an STI. You know, that's that's perfect. I asked a professional how to have a conversation, an icebreaker conversation to tell your partner about your sitch. Mark? I think that's a good one. I think, um, like, am I normal? Like, I do this. Is that normal? Mm. Uh, this, mm -hmm. uh, this looks like this. Is that normal? Uh, I'm not... My sex drive has dropped dramatically recently. That would be something to ask a doctor. Can a heart literally mm -hmm. break, do you think? Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow, dude. No, I did read that. Damn, dude. You apparently yeah. can. 
Um, all right. Well, I'm looking forward to that then. So next week, Memorial Day, we're going to have a doctor in here. We'll answer some medical questions. Be sure to tune in then. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Help, I Suck at Dating. Looking forward to having you back next week where we might suck a little bit less. Should we do thank yous? No. Yeah. Hit the Follow Help, I <laughs> Suck at Dating with Sorry, Dean, bro. Vanessa, and Jared on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's time to celebrate Black History Month at the Walmart Black and Unlimited Clock. On Thursday, February 29th from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., you can celebrate an extra day of Black History Month with Walmart. This event is free and open to the public at two locations, Flatiron Plaza in New York City and Ovation Hollywood in Los Angeles. With giveaways dropping every hour on the hour, it's the perfect time to try, like, and share Black-led products. It's free, it's for everyone, and it's your chance to see how you can level up your daily routine with Black-led products that are creating a new world of choices at Walmart. Trust, you don't want to miss it. Boricua is the name for someone from Puerto Rico, but it's more than a name. It's a way of life and representation of the vibrant spirit of the island. Let the Boricua spirit welcome you with a warm embrace to start each day and remind you why you travel in the first place. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. With nearly 300 beaches and 300 miles of coastline, there's always new places to explore. The island's diverse geography offers everything from secluded coves with white sand and crystalline water to stunning black sand beaches. There are spots that are perfect for water sports. You can surf, snorkel, paddleboard, or go diving. To travel to Puerto Rico, there is no passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.